Welcome, welcome everybody to our podcast, Let's Get Free. I am your host, Victoria Lanier, and I am here to basically just facilitate the journey as we talk about all things freedom, all things that we strive towards being free, all things that perhaps hold us back and talk about those things that hold us back. Let's talk about ways to to get past those obstacles that keep us from being our freest. We have today, we have a special guest and I'm looking forward to uh, talking with her, her sharing her journey into being a free, a free black woman, raising free black kids. I would like to welcome to the show, Sister Lateva Mabili Django. This podcast is all about being free and getting free. I feel like she's she's on that journey. She she lives as a free woman. She raises free kids. She is a uh, social activist. She just she has four books that she's written. She's the mother of eight kids. She biological kids, but she has way more God children out there. She is big on the matriarchal nation building. So women leading and as well as African principles of the male and the female relationship. She does a lot of relationship building as well as just love and and again just fighting for the restoration of black people so i'm super super excited to to sit down with her and talk about this whole idea of freedom with my sister sister lateva thank you for joining me today right on i you're right i didn't know i was one of your favorite people now you are <laughs> You're a truth teller. I love truth tellers. I love people who tell the truth. I love people who who educate, who motivate, and you definitely aggravate. And that's what I'm all about. I love people who aggravate people, take change people's thought processes. And so that's what makes you like one of my favorite people. I just feel like this was a, a good chance to just share you with some other people. Right on. Oh. Thank you. I appreciate that. You're welcome. So um, I just, my first question to you is what led you to the the journey that you're current, that, that you're on? I know you've been doing this, this, this work that you've been doing for over 20 years at this point, but what, what, what actually took you there? Where are you from and what got you there? Well, you're right. I've been doing this work for 31 years. And what brought me to this place, I'm, I'm blessed to be able to say, I was reared by parents who valued preserving my audacity, mm. and that valued preserving my voice. I was reared by a mother who, who in all the challenges of trying to rear me did not silence me. And I was reared by a father who actually was my primary guiding parent um, with matriarchal values and with having the emboldened voice of being free and not being owned by mm. anyone. And he was, he was adamant about that. So that's what um, got, got me to this place. And then the intentional decision to become a parent definitely made me in you know, a lot more decisive about 
ordering my steps and how my life was going to go. Because I knew immediately, I knew right off from the gate that every moment with a child is a teaching moment. Mm -hmm. You're going to be demonstrative in what you're uh, trying to instill far more than it is what you tell a child. It will be what you show a child. So I knew I, I had to get free. I had to live free. So what does free mean to you? What does that look like, feel like? What is it? Self-reliant and responsible. Um, it's responsible first and foremost. Doing for self. Being satisfied with what you have being sustained by what you produce. And that doesn't mean self-contained. I don't want to give anyone the false impression that I'm saying that I, in and of my personal individual self, uh, provide and sustain for myself. I'm saying that I take full responsibility to be part of, contribute to, and to, to fortify myself from within a solid, qualified, skill-dense team. Mm -hmm. I make sure that I develop myself to have a skill set that makes me an asset to my myself, first and foremost, my family, my community, my people. And with that, I, I require the same in return. So the relationships that I have, I develop intentionally relationships with skill-dense people. I develop intimacies and community relationship with those who are committed to not only having a, a solid quality skill set within and of themselves, but in contributing that to those they love. That that is the that is my um, my intent. So I heard you say something, and I and I, I appreciate you said it because it's definitely something that I've I've felt for a while is that you you mentioned all of the other people who have skill sets and the the feeling of almost a community and a unity of people who utilize each other on this journey, and I feel like that's what's so different about us 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 new people versus our ancestors i feel like our ancestors those who were even enslaved they knew they knew how to utilize their their resources far far greater than i feel like we do at this time they they recognized they recognized the evils that they had to deal with. They did not um, trust those evils and they did what they needed to do amongst each other. And how, how, how I find that what, what's hard right now is finding those like-minded people that are wanting to share their themselves with other people who are on that journey. How do you find those people? How do you create that community? I think that's part of the problem. If if you have someone who's investing energy and time in looking for those people, mm -hmm. they won't find them. It'll be fleeting because those people avoid uh, opportunists. They avoid mm. people who are, you, you understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. If it's mm -hmm. any form of exploitation, they will, they will dis, um, disassociate themselves with those types of people. And the best way to build community with quality, skilled, dense people 
who are assets to your life is to develop yourself and become one yourself mm. because we recognize that in one another. Right. One of the first three questions that I always ask anyone upon meeting them is what they do for a living or how they feed themselves. Mm. I want to know what is, what is it that you're you're living from? How how are you sustaining yourself? Right. Not what can you do for me? What do you do for yourself? Mm-hmm. And if you tell me what you do for yourself, I'm going to immediately think of what I can do to contribute to that. Mm-hmm. Because that sounds like some good stuff that I want to have access to. And in order to have access to that, let me come giving. Mm-hmm. I've got something to offer you. And living by the principle of never receiving something without being prepared to give, then I already know I have to make myself skill dense. I have to be like rich with capability. Mm -hmm. That was a trick question and you fell right into it. You gave me the answer that I I was expecting from you because it's true. I feel like a lot of people do seek out the community uh, or others when it really starts for self. It starts within. It starts with, like you say, building your own tool belt of things and skill sets that mm-hmm. you can bring to the table. I know I, I sometimes even ask this to my to my group of people. I'll ask, like, what skills have you learned this year? Like, if, if there was, if you couldn't depend on, you know, technology, what could you bring to the table? And it gets super silent, like, and I understand you may not want to share your 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 skill set outside, but hey, I'm not gonna share my skill set, and you you use me up if you're not going to, like I said, share or, or be a be a be an asset to the community that I'm or be an asset to what I'm also trying to bring amongst you as well. Um, I think it needs to be stated very matter of factly, and women often try to avoid saying this. Mm. We try to avoid, I, I don't personally, but I know that as a classification, we're often discouraged from being direct. Yes, yes, we are. And we have to own the right and ability to say, you must be an asset to me. Mm. That's what builds community. Community is not in um, a center or a facility. It's in the homes of the people. Right. So you must be an asset to me. Mm-hmm. You, you understand what I'm saying? I do. So when I say I, I have, and I have been thoroughly blessed. I'm so thankful. I have been thoroughly blessed to have quality men in my life, which is something most people assume that I wouldn't have. Right. Whatever. But I have and appreciate wonderful quality men in my life. And that started with my father, my mm-hmm. brother. You, you get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Continued on through my life. And I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that I've been able to rear my children uh, with quality men around them, as well as, of course, some bomb ass audacious women. Mm-hmm. But it's important to state that I've had quality men around my own life and my children's lives that that have been willing to stand in alignment with me. And that no men come around me as useless food eaters. I get right. rid of them right away. No people come around me as useless food eaters. Right. But I weed them out and I weed out takers. Those people who come seeking but never bringing. Mm-hmm. I'm willing to be an asset 
to any relationship I participate in, but you must bring that pound of flesh. You must return that. You must reciprocate what you, what you receive from me. You must reciprocate that. And you must go in a meaningful, validated manner. And, and a lot of times the way that keeps me from being depleted is that it is not always financial resources. Mm -hmm. That's usually a little ways down on the list. It, I prioritize it by skills, you know, capabilities. Right. And I think it was through you that I first, not first time I heard it, but I actually saw someone applying that if you don't, you don't work, you don't eat. Oh, philosophy. And I was like, I actually know somebody who, who lives that like for real, like if you're not out there working, you don't get to sit down at the table and eat with us at the end of the day. You know, and I feel like a lot of times we do say things and we don't hold, hold true to them. We don't, we don't hold on to it and, and, and say, like you're saying, we're direct. We mean what we mean. We say what we say. No, we, we kind of pity pat around it and say, okay, well, let me give them a little bit of an inch and then maybe they'll, they'll come around tomorrow. But no, if you give them an inch today, they're going to take a mile tomorrow. You know, they're going to keep trying you as long as they try you till they use you, like you say, use you up. And now you tired at this point. So I I appreciate the fact that you, what you, you say, what you say, you mean you, you, there's no, (laughs) there's no, like you say, you're very direct. And I think that's something that I struggle with a little bit is just being direct and saying what I mean, or not even saying what I mean, but, meaning what I say and saying it in a way that I, I feel like if I don't say it in the right way, I'm going to hurt some feelings. But, you know, sometimes you just, I think I'm getting to the age now where I'm just like, I'm just going to have to hurt some feelings and just say what I need to say to get, get what I got to get. And, Cause I don't have the time to waste anymore. I don't try to be brass. I, I discourage people from being that way. And I, I know I have a, a personality or a disposition that could easily rub people in a coarse way mm-hmm. it's be harsh but there's a positive to saying what I mean and meaning what I say mm-hmm. um, sometimes to be clear I will preface what I'm about to say with the clarity of what I expect on the other end of the conversation we're about to have mm-hmm. if I have a difficult conversation with you that I knew was one going to be difficult for you to hear or could potentially put our relationship at risk, I would likely preference that with another direct truth. And that direct truth would be, I need you to know that I value our relationship. And on the other side of this conversation, I intend for us to remain an us. That I, mm-hmm. I mean for our sisterhood to stay intact. That sisterhood is very important to me. And I don't feel like I would be a genuine uh, committed sister to you if I do not share with you what I need to say to you and then I need to go into what I'm about to say you can receive that or not mm-hmm. but you will walk away from that conversation knowing that I have resolved that if you choose to abandon this relationship you will do so knowing that you have the option of keeping me as your sister mm-hmm. you have the option of, of continuing to live within the realm of my love you, you follow what I'm saying? I do, I do. And that's a freedom in that, though. That's like freedom in itself. Freedom in that. There's a tremendous freedom in that. Yeah. It, does not, it, it keeps you from having to apologize for your truth. That, that part. Apologize for 
um, requesting your needs to be met. Yes. And it keeps you from apologizing for needing there to be room for who your true authentic self is in the relationship. Yes. Yes. See that that's, that's what I, when I think of freedom, that's what I think of definitely in the voice, the voice and the, the words and the, you know, which is why I say even in the truth telling of what I love about you, I think that's what I like about you the most is how you, how you preface your words and how you speak your words. I don't feel like you're brash or you're harsh or anything, but I think others might, but again, I see it as like a true, like just freedom, just, I'm going to say it. And Mm -hmm. this is how I feel. There's no confusion because that's the thing. A lot of times people get caught up in that confusion by just not being clear, but I appreciate that all the time. Thank you. Now there's a question that I have and it's uh, um, something that I talk about and it's just like claiming our birthright. I feel like it's our birthright. And, And you mentioned this at the beginning is that your parents raised you basically to be free. Right. Where did they get that from? Like, I, I okay, so I'm going back. So I have a friend who said that it's almost like Sankofa. When you go back and you ask yourself, what type of life did we live before we came over here? And how do we tap into that type of, that type of life, that type of energy within ourselves to where we can just keep it moving? Like, how did you, where, where, in your family or where did your parents get that from so that you could claim your birthright because you've claimed it and you are that's your legacy basically is to make sure that your kids continue that that birthright on absolutely my my mother uh came from a line of women who were strategic thinkers and i'm Mm -hmm. thankful for that and she like like most black women of any era including the current ones, mm-hmm. I'm tired of being sick and tired. Mm. And so being a change agent came uh, born in her spirit of being sick and tired of being sick and tired. Mm. You, you're left with no choice but to make change when you are completely dissatisfied with what is currently the condition. Right. That was my mother's position. That was my grandmother's position. And those are women who who use those positions and and leveraged those positions to the best of their capability from whatever tool sets they had at their time in their lives. My father's position was born from a masculine variation of that. I'm sure was a sick and tired, but he was intent on being a man and his commitment to being a man meant he was not going to simply lay down and be owned Mm. by another man. Nor was he willing to own. He had this thing about there are no hostages here. Mm. A lot of my childhood, you know, and I I find that it repeats itself in the way that I love. Mm -hmm. You know, you'll have to love me by choice, but it will never be because I've sold myself to you. And I'm never going to teach you to love me. And and as soon as you make me feel like you don't choose me, I'm going to be fine choosing me. I'll mm-hmm. choose both of us. And I'm, I don't just mean that in a uh, Africantic manner. I mean that in all relationships. You, you feel what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And with my father recognizing that in his own life, I think he was intentional about making sure that he gifted that to me as his child, to his daughters. He attempted to gift that to all of his children. But I especially appreciate the fact that he was intentional about gifting that audacity, that bodaciousness to mm -hmm. his daughter. I'm one of 14 children. And so my sisters and I were given the gift of our father teaching us in addition to our mother's actions, our father being very intentional about being a man of uh, intentional words. He chose his words and he he was a man who said what he meant and meant what he said. Mm -hmm. and, and you best believe that went across the board. It did not matter what he said. It, so mm -hmm. when you hear young people talking about on-site, mm -hmm. my childhood <laughs> memories are my father delivering the words that young people delivering the actions that would apply to young people's words of talking about on site. Mm -hmm. My father knew he needed to see you about something and he just happened upon you. Mm -hmm. It literally went down on <laughs> site. And those are some of my fondest, totally inappropriate. <laughs> sure some of my fondest, he was not going to, he wasn't going to curb that because I was right. present. Mm -hmm. And then if we were with him, if I was with him, it did not matter. The, the children going to stand here because we're just watching this whole thing play out. Right, right. How it was going to go. So I'm thankful for that. I'm, I'm thankful for that because they were intentional about preserving the aspect of my spirit that allowed me to stand fully in my womanhood. Mm -hmm. And how can I not appreciate that? Right. Got to. Got to. I mean, especially seeing that from a, a man who's showing you like, hey, I, I not so much I don't forget, but I said what I said. And hey, I don't care who around you going to get this. That's right. <laughs> and he, didn't, he didn't fear. He didn't fear Caucasian. He did not fear white folks. And he would not be tolerant of us fearing white people. Mm -hmm. I wanted to guarantee uh, I was likely going to get a whooping if I tried to tell him if I try to enforce white folks' rules in our mm, house, mm. You know, coming home from school, talking about they said, see, by the time I finish that sentence, mm -hmm. they say they don't run shit in here. Mm -hmm. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, that's mm -hmm. how you're going to tell me. And it didn't matter who the they were, you know, teachers, principals, it didn't matter who these people were. They don't run what happens in here. Okay. He's not concerned with what they said. Who is this they you're talking about? He, he's going to Press your feet to the fire on that. They who? Who is this they? You need to be specific because he's going to be specific when it comes to checking it. <laughs> right. So you, think right. you know, a lot of young people went home and told their parents, they, the teacher, the principal, mm -hmm. you know, those are supposed to be authoritative figures. Well, they don't have that authority in our household. That's right. not how it works. Right. Exactly. I don't think I was able to do that either. So now I know you have your kids and you have your grandkids. Now, are you seeing any differences on how you how you move with them in your in your messaging and, and what it is that you're you're pushing or what you do in terms of being free with my grandchildren? Yes. Is my messaging different? Mm -hmm. Hell no. <laughs> no. No, my messaging is definitely not different. 
You know, I didn't even get to be, uh, I wasn't always, the other grandmothers were the fun grandmothers. Oh. You know, that was cool because my grandchildren had to get old enough to be fun to me too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. uh, their parents mostly raised my grandchildren differently than they were raised right. in a lot of ways. Uh, some things are similar, you know, as far as the basics. But these these young people, uh, talking about my grandchildren, they have a different experience with me. And I'm really adamant. They have to choose to be around me. Mm. I'm not the type of grandmother that, oh, I need them every other weekend. Yes. You know, I live in the country with them. So, <laughs> yeah, until COVID hit, let me just tell you, 2020 is, is working out in my favor. Because I wasn't the cool grandmother because all I had was sticks and grass and, and, you know, Mm -hmm. now that you done lived in quarantine for a little while, my sticks, muds, and chickens. Yeah, they love that fresh air. (laughs) (laughs) I'm all right. But there there are some differences in the sense that I have been intentional about not being the disciplinarian to my grandchildren, although mm. I'm definitely the take no shit grandmother. Oh, of course, I'm sure. I can't even imagine you not so, being. Yeah, <laughs> we, we have boundaries that are far and wide, but they are definite. Right. You know, those are absolute boundaries. We ain't mm-hmm. doing it. That's not happening. Uh, not, a, not a discussion. It ain't going no further. Um, but I also try really hard not to be the wolf at the door. You know, mm-hmm, I tried not to mm-hmm. and, and that was, I had to come to this place because initially, like my older grandchildren, if they were giving their parents grief, you know, their parents would say, we're going to call Yaya and then we're going to mm-hmm. see what's up. Right. You know, <laughs> like, if we get your grandmother on the phone, then we're going to see what's up because you mm-hmm. don't want to as you do. So I was kind of like the big bad wolf for a while. There's a tinge of that, but that's not the definition of my relationship with them. Right. And then all of my interactions are intentional with my grandchildren. I've been intentional about how I want to show up and how I intend to serve them. Mm-hmm. I serve my grandchildren and it is a service. Mm-hmm. It's, a service. It is not, it's not, um, you know, something I take for granted. I have a duty to them and I show up in form of experiences in the form of, of travel or experiences, something that's going to build who they are. Right. It's going to educate them. Every birthday, you know what you're getting from Yaya. You're getting books. Mm-hmm. She's a book of some sort. Um, and we have experiences, hands-on experiences. You know, I'm, I'm definitely not like the parents. I give my grandchildren saws to use. They come <laughs> to the power tools. Mm-hmm. They are old enough for this stuff. But I just explain exactly what kind of damage is going to come of trying to use this inappropriately. And then you'll need to make a decision if you think you want to handle this or not. Right. Because, you know, the, the finger that's going to be missing won't be mine. It will be mine. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> we have that kind of arrangement. And I love that we have experiences where by the time it's all said and done, they can feel proud of what they've done. Yeah. I, I'm super serious. It is as simple as I've got a 17 year old grandson. And I needed to move a post, a fence post in my chicken coop. And I had my grandson to do it. Like just talked him through the process. Mm -hmm. And when I tell you, 
at 17 and cool as he is, it meant the world to him. He'll try to pretend that it didn't, but we yeah. are because everybody who came on campus after that got to hear me say, oh, let me show you this post my grandson set for me. Yeah, you're, you're good at pumping them up, though. You're really good at, like, stroking them little egos, though. And you have to. You got you to make them proud. You got he to. He is so proud. Yeah. He's so proud of that one post that he moved. And I, I promise you, it took hours and hours and hours, but it didn't matter to me. He got it down pat, and he did it. And I love that, that that is our relationship, mm-hmm. that there are things he can point to that he can say, oh, I did that. Yeah, yeah. I show up for my grandchildren. Mm. I show up in ways where they can say definitively, oh, I planted that tree right there. I set that post right there. That means something to me. And, you know, I think um, speaking on that, that's a good segue into the fact that you, it just so happens to you lived in Belize for a few years with your, your three youngest and I know that seemed to be uh, something that you were, I don't know if you you knew or, or you meant for it this time, but you were a little concerned on how you was going to maintain your relationship with your, your grandkids from, from Belize. But I'm glad to hear that you're, um, you're back over here, especially during this time. I can't even imagine how your family would be feeling if you were over in Belize. But how I- was, how did you, go ahead. Let's tell you, I still live in Belize. I know, that, and I was about to. I was about I was to. Like, I came home on a fluke and yes. got here. Yeah, I know. I know. I was like, I, she wasn't planning. I'm like, she just ended up staying here, and it just so happened that it's all kind of working out that you're it here. Working out. That's right. Yeah. But <laughs> so asking about that, how was it living over in Belize, or how did you make the decision? I know a little bit of this, but mm-hmm. how did you make the decision to go to Belize with your kids? And what's so different? Is, do you do you notice a difference on being black in in Belize versus being black in America? Oh, yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. One, I left because I promised my children we weren't going to be here when Trump took office. We're mm-hmm. out of here. Mm. That's not happening. I and I knew that I was leaving when he uh ran for nomination and I knew they were taking him seriously. Mm-hmm. I knew it was time to go. Additionally, with the work that I do, I was pretty much at headspace capacity. And what I mean by that is when you do social justice work and you've done it for a, a long period of time and you do it across the country. It's the equivalence of anyone who might hear this recording living at their job. Mm -hmm. You're always at work. And it's what I do full time, 100% of the time. You you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And I was always at work. And that occupies a lot of headspace. Yes. I'm great at doing self care and I prioritize my mental, spiritual, emotional health but you're always at work. Mm-hmm. Well, I was running out of headspace. Um, I needed to decompress and it was starting to come out. It was starting to show up in my health being compromised. Mm-hmm. I took a brief moment to do some corrective health things and then left, like right. just packed and left. I took, I didn't ship anything. We literally left with just suitcases. Mm-hmm. And um, the difference in being there versus being here 
is my children got an opportunity to experience coming into themselves, mm -hmm. and into their young adulthood with a relative freedom that was unmatched. Mm -hmm. Things they would not be able to do. When we get to Belize, we land and I, I practically, uh, what do you call it? Human traffic, my own children. Send we them away. <laughs> you let them go. Send them away. I, I take the passports. So mm. they don't have the full run of the country. You can go anywhere in the country. Right. Do not leave this country. Right. That's what it turns into. <laughs> like, yes, you can go to the islands, but you better not cross that border. Mm. So that's where it has to be. And so giving them room to find themselves and stay, step fully into actualizing who they came here to be. I would not have been able to, to grant such freedom here in the States because there was a risk that would come with it that was they didn't deserve. It was right. and they didn't deserve it. And my older children had to carry the burden of that risk of, yes, being Black, yes, being uh, free thinkers, being bodacious uh, because of the way they were reared, mm -hmm. and being my children. Right. That carried its own added burden. And they didn't always fare well with that. You right. know, I have a daughter particularly, it impacted them. One of my daughters um, really struggled with being my daughter, not mm -hmm. being my daughter, but being Sister Latava's daughter. You, right. You know what I'm uh -huh, uh -huh. For her. And where you or I or anyone might feel like, eh, that's not that big a deal. You know, there's always, you could be worse. You get what I'm saying? There could mm -hmm. be worse. Um, for her, it was difficult because it, it encroached upon her immediately being able to identify her own person. Yeah. And, and everyone needs that. You yeah. need to see who you are and where you are in the grand scheme of things. And it's difficult to do that if you're having experiences that are constantly reminding you from people you know or don't know. Mm -hmm. Oh, you're right. You're, you're such and such. That's your mama. You know, exactly. you right. Exactly. You can't do that because that's your mama. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And of course, she would do whatever the hell she wanted to do uh -huh. because that's her mom. <laughs> she gonna rebel. I think I know what you're talking about. <laughs> all, all my children. That whole thing of why would you do that? Do you know how your mom is? Do you know how that's gonna reflect the exact and uh, totally work <laughs> against us? Right. Whatever they were gonna do, they were gonna do it anyway. Both, you know what I'm saying? Right. Not just because that's your yeah, child, right? If they are totally go big or go home children. Right. And you can't be mad because that's what you raised them to be like. Exactly. It's like, <laughs> might have did that a little too good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Now, have, how have you seen, how have you seen that time? Because I know all of the kids are back over. Or I can't even call them kids anymore. They grown now, even no. the young ones. Now, how have you seen yeah. that? How have you seen their time in Belize and that ability to kind of blossom move back over into the States? Have you seen them? Have you seen it different for them? Have they yeah. felt different? I think they feel different. Yeah. I'm, I'm guesstimating. I'm somewhat guesstimating. They did a panel back in February. Um, it was unscripted or anything like that. And it was the first time, the only time that all my children did a public uh, panel or public anything and just shared their life experience and did a totally candid 
Q&A. Mm-hmm. I thought that was cool because I learned some things about them as well. Okay. Um, I do see them as different. The three youngest children did go and move with me to Belize. Um, the difference I see is that they blossom in a way that is really beyond head and shoulders above most of their peers. Yeah. You know, um, and they are strong. Like, mm-hmm. it almost like they they behave in a way that as if they put me in a rocking chair in a retirement. <laughs> uh, like, they got this. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of, we got this, you know, hold on, let me deal with this. Um, because they're capable. Yeah. Yeah. Like they're super capable and I appreciate it, but it is still surprising because the twins are 19 mm-hmm. and in my mind, of course, they're the babies, Yes, but they're not babies mm-hmm. and they're fully capable. They're super duper capable. So they're running a company right now. Um, Fatima and Bilal run a construction company. I saw that. Called Belux Builds and it's super exciting to see because I get called in like for say consultation but the day-to-day operations unless there's a usually not a glitch but unless there's something they can't figure out um, administrative Mm -hmm. or something of that nature that just brings experience to the table Mm -hmm. their day-to-day operations I am totally remotely removed from I'm I'm nowhere near the game at all and so that's awesome to see. Mm-hmm. Um, and until I get a call that says, hey, I need to figure out a system that does this, that, or the other. You, you follow what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Usually, mm-hmm. Until something like that comes up, I don't usually get those kind of calls. Right. Um, well, I, I appreciate that. And then Naila, who is the, the older of the three that went with me, mm-hmm. she's 24 and just just amazing. She's just, she's breathtakingly yes. Yeah. Like Fatima's like Fatima is 19. She's aesthetically beautiful. Yes. But she's clearly no nonsense. You yes. know what I'm saying? Yes. Like you know when you encounter Fatima that she ain't with the shit. You know, I called her the black widow. She's like the black widow. She's yeah. quiet. It's, she's watching. Right. But and if she, you if you do really wrong, it's it's on. You know, yeah. She's fun and she enjoys herself, but she's very intentional and yeah. calculated yeah. as that how it is. If you just happen upon her or encounter her, you know she ain't for that. Don't just come in here with no plaything. Right, her. right. You know, that's you're gonna get that off of her right away. <laughs> um be present, but she ain't with that bullshit. No. Now, Naila is this this honeypot spirit. She's mm-hmm. this beautiful earth spirit and she's just really warm and feels amazing. And she just moves with a confidence all over her, like mm-hmm. a certainty that most young women do not get to right. ex- let known enjoy at 24 years old. Mm-hmm. They just don't get to have that. And she's got it. Yeah. She's got, and she knows she's got her stuff together and she knows it. And I, I love that self-certainty about her. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes I try to reel it in a little bit in, in small areas, but she's having none of it. She's, she's got it. She's on top <laughs> of it. And she's, she's loving every minute of it. She's building a house. You know, I don't know if. Um, yeah, if, I know she bought some land just before. Um, yeah. Last year, she was 23 
and she's 24 now. She's got the plans for her home, and I'm not sure if they've broken ground yet, but I do know she is. Um, she's in the process of building a, an amazing. I mean, it, it is beautiful, and it's um, green. Her intention is for it to remain off grid. Mm-hmm. It's like six bedrooms and mm-hmm. fat. It's just it's beautiful. All the designs and everything she's pulling out. I'm just totally uh, amazed at it. So she, her her life's passion is permaculture. Yes. So she likes things that are um, earth friendly, mm-hmm. uh, energy and, and things of that nature, gray water systems. So that's her thing. And she and her sister picked out the land. I wasn't in Belize at the time when they did it. They closed on the land before I got back. And when I did finally get to go and see what she had purchased, I, I don't have a camera that would be able to share how beautiful it is. She just got an amazing view mm-hmm. and an amazing piece of land. She just did a great job. She's she's a poster child for taking an excellent homeschool education and putting it to the best use and building a life you can be proud of. Mm-hmm. She is. I, I I follow her on Facebook and I watch her. I don't I don't like too much. I just kind of watch from afar, but I'm mm. always, you know, surprised. Every now and then I'll hit the like button, but mm-hmm. you know, I'm like, oh wow, she's 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 doing it. She's mm-hmm. she's what like you say, she's definitely someone to be proud of. And and then so is are she is she going, you know, I know she's doing the she does the mud housing. Is it is her how will her house be built with the the mud? The mud, um, I'm 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 like way over here. I'm empty. Okay. <laughs> I, know I know it's green. Okay. What she's using, I don't know. Okay. Well, I, I can't know. wait. I'm I can't wait to get over yeah, there. So I'm, I'm, like, y'all. I'm watching, man. Like, what you watching like the rest I'm of us? Huh? I'm like, you know, <laughs> something has to be something. She even when this is a, how serious it is. So she had an appointment with her architect, and it was like online and she just set her laptop up and then totally left the room like I'm sitting here kind of waiting to ear hustle no 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 none of that she just <laughs> packed her stuff up and went into we were at her dad's house she went to her dad's office and and then came back to call me in on it after she had had her her conversation mm. and had closed it all out he's gone and now I get it brought in on what she chooses to share because mm. I'm certain she wants to experience doing this herself yeah yeah and she wants to know that she's done this herself yeah, yeah. I, I gotta give her that room yeah I'm, I'm, I'm in the coaching spot i'm i keep saying i'm i'm the corner person i'm your cut guy now mm-hmm. i'm watching it's my job to say don't forget to keep that left up right <laughs> sit in your rock sit in your rocking chair and just point out things if i yeah, miss that's anything my role. that's, that's my role in their life but i'm i'm doing my next life's work now i'm yes I'm, so tell us what that is because i saw i saw all of the stuff that you got going on but go ahead and let my people who are listening know what it is that you got coming up i gotta say i'm having a really good time I've got some next stuff going on. So I, I'm home. Of course, I am raising chickens again. I Just saw that. <laughs> but the campus here is is actually governed by um, a board of administrators. And when I'm home, I do things. But one of the things that I've introduced here is uh, we've started putting cabins on, on campus for mm. 
teaching sustainability and teaching survival training skills. And so we want to be able to bring people in when they want to take courses with us and to actually provide lodging within those those constructs, as well as they're just wonderful things to experience. We are avid campers. I raised my children survival camping. Mm -hmm. So all over this country. So there's that. Uh, Additionally, I am back to doing uh, some counseling and and therapeutic works. I am Mm -hmm. (laughs) and and I say that a little hesitantly because Mm -hmm. people kind of they're waiting. They waiting. They're waiting. They're waiting on you to open the doors. All you gotta do is put your hands up. Yeah. Uh, we are initiating a next round of adults' rites of passage, September twenty twenty first, twenty second. That is uh, the next initiation. Um, there, there's a lot. There is. I've got a product line coming out. One, we we've started Team Go Tactics. Team, Team Dope Tactics is all about um, weaponry mm. and firearm safety training for young people and marksmanship for adults, mm-hmm. arming safely women and making women more capable and well arming all people. I'm a firm believer that um, personal safety needs to be a personal responsibility. Yes. And I believe that all uh, legally capable adults should be armed and responsible gun owners, especially black folks. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, definitely. But I think that all children should receive firearm safety training. All mentally and emotionally capable children should receive firearm safety training. Everybody's on the security team. You know mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. I also have a um, a series of supplies that I'm creating called Future Black Women, and it is supplies that are necessary for women mothers to cultivate daughters into quality future black women. Things Mm -hmm. that we need, not just imagery, but materials that we need to expose our daughters to. Mm. So I'm trying to be my sister's sister by helping them to create in their own households and introduce their daughters to being capable young women as Mm. I'm for my daughters. And I've tried to instill in my sons, and I think I've done a, a pretty good job of that, of not just making them capable men, but helping them to appreciate the beauty and value of capable women. Right. And yeah. that that is something I can proudly say that my sons do appreciate capability in women. It's something they've grown up with. They know it in their mother, their sisters, and it's what they do love. Right. So, that's, 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 they can't help but that though. All the sisters they got. Right, that's true. I want them jumping on him. They they out they outnumbered. You better you better recognize. That's very very (laughs) true. And when it comes up, if they have disagreements, that's exactly how it goes too. Mm -hmm. And I saw you saying something about you coming out of homeschool retirement. This is true. So there's that. So coming out of homeschool retirement, I I taught homeschool for twenty eight years, and Coming out of homeschool retirement, that looks like um, really trying to be there for parents mm-hmm. during this crisis time because parents often do not feel like they have options mm-hmm. and they don't feel capable of guiding their children through a worthwhile education. 
And so helping to empower them by being there with them to do that. I'm not a, um, a box kit curriculum homeschooler. Mm -hmm. I tailor homeschooling to every student. You know, everyone reaches their benchmarks, but the whole point is to cultivate them into the life they intend to live. Right, right. To exactly. make sure that your young people take stock in their education. You know, if it's personal to them, they'll invest in themselves by mm -hmm. being well-educated and they'll buy into their self-guided learning. And that's what you ultimately want a homeschool student to do, to have a, a driven passion to develop in them, themselves. Right. So we've got um, a meeting tomorrow with parents who intend to try their hand at homeschooling their children as a result of this COVID. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that there is that. I, I set my life up where I can work from anywhere. And I've, yes. I've worked hard to create the type of life. We talked about freedom, that not only I can work from anywhere, the type of life I don't need a vacation from, Right. That is my reality. And the type of I do my life's work. And when you're doing your life's work, living your calling, then you don't need to retire from it. Yes. I, I, I have the type of life that I'm thankful for because I live my calling. And as a result, I don't have to build in the desire to stop doing what I'm doing. Right. You follow right. everything I do. Yeah is in alignment with my life's work. It's in a, mm -hmm. a And when you hear me talk about my children as part of my retirement plan, that means, and I constantly remind them, and I'm moving, let me tell you, I'm putting things in place. I have this serious, serious plan because this is this is new era for me. <laughs> yeah. No kids. Do yeah. you understand me? Yeah, yeah. What? This is new era. So yeah, this is different. <laughs> doing little things for myself. When I, I tell them they're part of my retirement plan, meaning um, I do take seriously right now, putting myself in the position where I should never become a burden. Mm -hmm. to my Not that I will ever feel like I am a burden. Because, you know, if I prefer my grapes to be peeled, I will feel like after all that homemade baby food I made, <laughs> I will have those peeled grapes. Thank you. Right. <laughs> You know, but I need to not um, have to depend on them while they are growing young families. Yes. That's one of the things I'm committed to. However, and they don't even know how seriously I've got this mapped out. I do uh, expect that my, my young people, my children will be prepared to look after their mom mm -hmm. as she travels this world. Because there's places I mean to go see. Yes. I mean to not have to be worried about, did y'all go check on my house? Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. that. And so I've got this plan. I haven't even told them yet, but I am going to share with y'all because listen, somebody listening to this needs this idea. <laughs> so, you know, you can do gift registry online, right? Mm -hmm. Right. So I have uh, started a running list. It's a, a mommy list. Mm -hmm. So my running mommy list now I'm going to send the link to my running mommy list to my children. All of them are going to get the links. Mm -hmm. And I want them to spend $50 every month crossing something off that list and just having it sent to me. Okay. Okay. 
Look at me. Look at me yes. just talking them into love and they mom. Yes. Hey, I'm they don't, sharing even, have, they don't even have to ask you no questions. They ain't gotta just, ask just, follow them, just follow the list. Now, here's what it really, really is good. Come birthday time, anything on that list, I want them to clear the list so I can start my list over. <laughs> okay. Okay. Now, of course, I add to this list at will. Right. But well, it might not be anything on there if they took care of everything. Right. But come birthday time, whatever's on there, and I mean, it could just be day to day stuff. Mm-hmm. It could just be for, for the fact of I don't want to have to go get paper towels. Maybe right. that's what's on my list. Right. But I'm just going to ask, I got enough of them where that's not a burden. 50 right. bucks, all doing great. And I'm thankful for that. Mm-hmm. I say that. I'm thankful all my children are doing well for themselves. They're doing mm-hmm. well. So what I mean by doing well for themselves, I mean they feeding themselves. Right. Thankfully. <laughs> you know, that's what we're thankful for. Yes. The reality is, I'm not, they got to be thankful that I gave them so many siblings that all you got to spend is $50 a month. So mm-hmm. now I can say, when I get to be like 90, mm-hmm. I will be the quintessential, like those, those pet commercials of those pet little commercials they say for fifty dollars a month you can <laughs> elderly parents <laughs> you, you hey, can provide you. your mom already right. <laughs> you already it's already set up we've been doing that I, that's, that's right what, talking about. what are we doing it's already there <laughs> right it's, it's a simple adjustment mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah oh, well i have a feeling my mom she subscribed to this so she's listening you so i so yes. you got to be ready She's, so make, I, yes, right she, she's definitely probably have already decided to to set it up. Yeah, okay. I can see yeah. it now. I just um, I see you. it now. Oh, yes. you, you, you set me up. You set me up. I, I might yeah. have to edit this part out. <laughs> <laughs> Save yourself, right? <laughs> yes. Send her the send her the unedited the edited version. <laughs> here, my, here, my here's your link. Right, right. No, no, I, won't, I, won't, I won't do that. I won't do that to her. I won't do that. <laughs> but I know she, she's Leo, so she would definitely be into that. She's doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah she's definitely doing it. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm a, I am I appreciate you so much. So I'm going to leave, leave you on a good note. So, you know, I love music. You love music. So my question yeah. to you is, what is your freedom song? Hmm. Well, I've been listening to two songs on repeat right now. Man, my freedom song? Yes. Has two specific questions. What is my freedom song? I know. You know, the mood might be anything. I it, might it be- could. It really, it, it could change. It really could change. It does. And, and I might I, be listening to some destructive hip hop. Yes. Depending on the mood you come in. But what I've been listening to on repeat has been uh, Gil Scott Heron's mm. Um, winter in America. I've been listening to that almost daily for about a month. Mm. And peace be with you. Go with you, brother. Also, mm, by mm-hmm. so both of those I've been listening to uh, almost daily. Mm. Almost daily. But at, when it comes to freedom music, when it comes to my choices in music. Depending on the work I'm doing or the mood I'm in, that that broad range it changes. I know when I tell you range, it can be anything from DMX to <laughs> I mean, right, head, right. Go with some places. Yeah, it can go some places. But um, that's what I've been listening to for a good while on on a daily basis. Okay. Either of those two. 
right. Well, and I, then, I, with the time if they're not familiar with either of those songs. Yeah, I am actually. I am. Uh, definitely, Winter in America. Start with that one, and mm-hmm. then if you can bring yourself beyond there, go to Peace Go With Your Brother by the same artist, Gil Scott Heron. And there's just, there's so much, I'm in 70s groove right now. Mm. I'm in 70s groove. We were in a sweet time at that time. You got a lot of people who might think differently, mm-hmm. but we were in a sweet time right there. We yeah. were we were on the jazzy end of, you know, you're still in that black power era. Yeah, yeah. You know, people associate that strongly in the 60s. And don't get me wrong, you got all the anthems. You get what mm-hmm, I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But it, you really, that 70s helped ride it all the way through into the 90s. Yeah. But that 70s really gave it that funk, really gave it, it gave Black pride an expression of, of Black pride and freedom thought. Mm. It, it put it at another level. So it you can up from there, Curtis Mayfield. Yeah. That I'm listening to right now. That's real, just where I'm at. Okay. All right. Well, I just listened to today. Um, I started listening to the South Soul Orchestra. Have you okay. heard of them? Yep. Check them out. Check them out. I, I mean, it's, yeah. it's instrumental, but it's like a that that like you say, it's that seventy soundtrack music that yeah. just kind of rides behind you. And I was just like, I like this. Okay. Okay. You know. Yeah. You you just like it, it puts you in a mood. Like you said, it is it, it, it sets it sets it up. Really does. All right, well, send me a link to something and I'm going to send you a link to something. I will, I will. Last right. last thing I want you to ride out with is to give some um, advice, any type of advice you'd like to give to the people who are listening, who are, who are looking to get free. Commit yourself to being your authentic self. Okay. Be, the, be your truest form of who you are in the quiet of your mind and commit yourself to getting your life where you can live that out loud. I like it. I like it. And there, I'm going to put a period on it. And I'm going to just thank you again for sitting down with me and talking um, and just chatting it up with me. For everybody who didn't know, this is Sister Lateva, who is super, super active in the community. And she currently lives in Belize, but she's home in America right now. And she is on her freedom. She she's a free woman living a free life. So I wanted to share her with you on this series of the journey to freedom. I thank you so much again. Peace and love, sis. Thank you. Peace to you too. Thank you again. So once again, I'd like to thank you all for joining me today and spending time with me listening to our guest. I'll ask you again for you to share this episode if you liked it with others, as well as to like and follow us on Twitter under the Divine Nomad. Follow us on Instagram under Divine Nomad Academy and to like us and follow us on Facebook under the Divine Nomad. So I look forward to talking with you soon. Please hit me up in comments, hit me up in DMs, hit me up in the messages to let me know what does freedom mean to you and what type of episodes would you like to hear from me as we move forward in this journey to get free. Let's get free, y'all.